Hey, everybody. Welcome to the kickoff of our series, our blockbuster series over the next several weeks. We're going to take movies and kind of discover the spiritual undertones to them, whether Hollywood knew it or not when they were writing. Because we've all been made by God, we have these tendencies to gravitate towards things of God. And Hollywood gravitates towards writing about sometimes things that are laced with the things of God, whether they even realize it again or not. And we're going to pull some of those undertones, those spiritual parts of different movies and bring them to life for you and I as a believer and what it means for us. In this series, we uh, will uh, at times, uh, you know, you may be traveling, you you missed one, you're like, hey, I wonder what, they, what movie they talked about this week. You want to catch up with what we've been doing you're not here on the weekend, you want to watch one of our online services, just to let you know, they won't be as easy to watch during this series on uh, Facebook because of the way they handle copyrights specifically there. However, on our streaming website that we own, newwalk.live, we are absolutely able to broadcast more in full of what we're doing with the clips, and so you can always check that out, newwalk.live. Live, newwalk.live is where you can catch those live streams. And then every Tuesday evening, we're going to have a rebroadcast as well for anybody that missed a live service. This week, we've had some, you know, we've had some pretty hardcore talks over the last several weeks here at the church. And so we thought we'd have start out out of the gate with something a little bit more fun and deal with Toy Story 4 when we go through the history of Toy Story. And this is kind of it's a big moment. Disney and Pixar, they gathered to make the original Toy Story. That was in 1995. The Toy Story, the, the Toy Story franchise is now 27 years old. That's a little hard to believe for those of us that watched it, you know, and watched it even with our kids, maybe. It's been a long time since that time began. It started with some really uh, great moments. I remember watching the first Toy Story and seeing uh, some of those great characters come to life that even I played with as a child. Uh, the piggy bank and Mr. Potato Head and the, the toy soldiers, I'm watching that stuff and I'm able to relate because I played with some of those toys when I was a, a kid. But there was this creation of these two incredible characters that we've known now over the years of the history of this series of movies. We had uh, Sheriff Woody, he's the cowboy, he has the voiceover from Tom Hanks, and then we have this space guy, Buzz Lightyear, voiced over by Tim Allen, and we watched in the original Toy Story, those of you who saw it, you saw that Buzz and Woody kind of start out very competitive. They are competing for Andy's attention, who's kind of ahead of the other, and they're on this battle to see kind of who can get Andy's attention, but if you follow along long enough, you see that those two actually become friends, and we really have known for 27 years, uh, really, as Buzz and Woody and their friendship. And now in Toy Story 4, we see something very different happening for Woody. Woody uh, belongs to Bonnie. She's the owner. But Woody's in a different role now. If you know the movie, he's kind of been relegated to the bench in that ending of the scene we just saw. He's kind of sitting there on the bench. Bonnie's playing with other toys, and she's gravitating uh, to this little cowgirl, Jessie, and she's spending time with those dolls, and, and Woody just is 
off to the side. He's got to figure out a new role. Where does he go from here? You know, what, what is his role on this journey? And though Bonnie's name is scrawled across the bottom of his boots, what, what does he do now as somebody who's more of a bench player? And we're not far, too far into Toy Story 4 when we start to see some themes that really resonate with those of us uh, in our life, in a Christian life as well. I want to give you in your notes five, what I would say are key principles that we can develop and understand from watching Toy Story. And here's the first principle that I wanted to share with you. Uh, there's this principle, and when you kind of understand in life that you're not the main character. Uh, this is a hard breakthrough that we have to go through in humanity to come to a place where, you know what, we, we realize that we're, we're not the main character, that life does not revolve around us. And, and again, that's difficult because we grow up in life, and you know, in the early years, the years of our teenage years, uh, our parents invest in us, and it's real easy to come to a conclusion as a kid that the world kind of does revolve around you, and, and your parents will tell you things like, what do you think, the whole world revolves around you? And, you know, they throw those things out there, but, but there's a lot of investment from our parents, and, and it is really easy to kind of think, hey, this is all about me. And the sad part is when you watch people take that mentality into their 20s, into their 30s, into their 40s, I've met them, men, women, that, especially men, but men and women that think it's all about them. Everything's all about them. Can I just tell you, if that's the way you operate in life, that this whole thing's about you, you, you live a very small story. You don't know it, you don't because you don't know the expansiveness of a bigger story, but there's a bigger story out there for humanity when we get outside of ourselves, when we begin to discover that there's so much, there's so much more. This is a key moment, a key pivot in anybody's life when they come to the realization that there must be something bigger than just this thing about me and my own life. And when God gets a hold of your heart, that's exactly what happens. You get yourself into a new positioning in life where you begin to see it isn't just about me. Like there's something happening in this work of the kingdom of God. It's all around me. I can start to see it. This God is revealing, oh my goodness, in every second and every day of my life, there's something going on. God is doing a work in the supernatural and things around us. And I am now understanding that I'm just a small part of that incredible story. But being a part of that incredible story such a difference in life. It's such a motivator for living differently. The text that we're going to spend time looking at from the Bible is coming to us from Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to be in verses 3 through 7. I want to start off, though, with Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Here's what it says. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, is the message translation. It says this, and he takes us to the high places of blessing in him. We see Paul writing here and his, what he's trying to express is this power and the majesty of who God is. Paul very clearly in this positioning and understanding in life that man, there's a bigger story out there that I get to be a part of. And until you discover that, you're, this small story, like you, so much of your main goal becomes like, how can I just be better than the next guy? 
how can I be more important to others? What, what can people you know, look at me and think of me? Maybe they think I'm, I'm important, special. It, we are so worried about what people think of us. We're in this rat race. You'll hear me say here at the church sometimes, I, uh, the main goal of the rat race is to just simply try to be the number one rat. And when you're caught up in that in your life, it's, it, again, I said it before, it's such a small story. And you can be really let down when you come to a place in life where you thought, you know, you had this whole thing worked about you and you were large and in charge. And, and all of a sudden, the letdown comes when somebody else seems to be doing it better and maybe they've passed you by. Maybe you were at work and you were the big dog at work and you were the most highly respected person at work and people just thought you were amazing. And then some young hotshot got hired and now he or she gets more favor at work from the boss because, man, look at what they're able to do. And you start to see that and it feels like, man, that person's passed you by and that can be really frustrating. Or maybe you got a friend group and you were the big dog in the friend group and everybody gravitated towards you and you loved your little friend group. And then all of a sudden, somebody else got in your friend group and they were more charismatic and dynamic and now the people in the friend group gravitate more towards another person and all of a sudden you're like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit left behind. You know, you're, you were an only child for X amount of years and you had it good. And then mom and dad had another kid. You know, all of a sudden things changed. This, this thing shifts in, in life when when it's all about us and then somebody passes us by, we start to get jealous, greed, we start to grasp for things, we get exhausted, we try to control, we get tired. And when we make that shift to putting God at the center, it's so transformative. Now, back to Toy Story 4, when we go through this film, we see that Woody in this new role that he has He's on this journey to figure out what his place is in all of this. And one of the things we come to in the film is this moment where uh, Bonnie's going to have her first day of kindergarten, her first day of school. She's nervous. She's worried. She's apprehensive about her first day of school and how it's going to go. And so Woody says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneak into the backpack and I'm going to go to school with her so I can do my part to make sure it's the best day possible for Bonnie's first day at school in kindergarten, check out this video. You see, we see this uh, development of this new character, Forky, a very simple character created by Bonnie, but in this we find something very powerful as we see Forky developed and Woody trying to understand his role in all of this, something very applicable to our talk here today and really what we do as believers in Christ. I know you're thinking, what in the world? Does this have anything to do with our faith? It's a big part of our faith. And what we see, you have to admire what's taking place here. Woody sees the creation of this new toy, and Woody's positioning is, here's what I need to do. In my role, I need to help elevate Forky towards this audience of one with, with Bonnie. I need to do my part all right, to lift her up to make sure, to lift Forky up towards Bonnie so that Forky can have a better relationship with, with the owner, Bonnie. And that, that moment, in this moment in the movie, we're able to clearly see Woody has embraced this role of helping others. In fact, I put in your notes, the second principle is this, if you want to write this down, is a shift in our life will happen when we discover that we exist for a higher purpose, 
that we've gotten beyond myself, that I get beyond myself and I start caring for others. This is the shift in what happens in our faith. We come to know Jesus Christ. We've been given this incredible blessing of what God's given us in our life. And our journey develops as a believer into helping others. We don't just sit on the bench. No, we embrace the role of letting others know what it is that we have, elevating others. That's exactly what Woody is doing here. Let's go back to the scripture, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, and look at it again, this bold statement about how incredible God is, how blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and he takes us to high places of blessing in him. We see this understanding here by Paul is like, our God is incredible. And now, okay, how can others know what it is that I have? We understand in our faith over and over again we're taught that our journey should develop and grow into a journey of helping others like we are told clearly by Jesus you want to you want to discover greatness in life greatness comes by serving Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26 says whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant your servant People who are serving, they're coming to a place where they're secure. They're secure in their relationship with God, in the work that God is doing in them. And now, how can I help other people? How are you doing on that development of your Christian journey? Came to know Christ, great. Are you developing along to the place of now it's part of the story. I want to make sure other people have what I have. Elevating, propping up others, getting outside of yourself. That's what we see happening here with Woody. And Woody takes this role so seriously because we know that as we go further in the movie, Forky is struggling, always wanting to get back in the garbage can. We saw it at the end of the last clip. This becomes a constant struggle, and Woody keeps coming to the rescue, coming by the side of Forky to say, man, I can't let you throw yourself away. You, you, you can't keep doing this. As a matter of fact, in the next clip, you're going to hear this, the powerful lyrics of this song, I can't let you throw yourself away. And so we're going to watch, and we're going to get some principles out of this next clip as, as Woody works to continue to try to help elevate Fork. Yeah, we, Forky just keeps wanting to go back into the trash and struggling with his new identity and Forky and who Forky's become. But folks, my goodness, this happens in our faith. We get that new identity in Jesus Christ and we start moving forward in that new identity and who he's made us to be. Then I think we all know there's times where I don't know, if we're not digging into God's word, and we don't have the right people around us, we'll start going back into some of the trash from the past. We, we can do that real easy. Get around the wrong people, wrong place, wrong time, and start going in the wrong direction again. That's why if you're going to get serious about your spiritual growth, if you're going to get 
serious about moving forward in the identity that God has given you in your life. There's got to be a consistent digging in to his word, uh, but also a consistent work to make sure that you have the right people around you constantly in your life. That's one of the reasons why we do our groups, so that we could have the right voices around us in life. Do you have, do you have voices like Woody that can come by your side and say, hey, 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 you are new in Christ. You are on a new journey with God. Do you have those voices? Our groups kick off this week. We've been registering for several weeks and beginning this week, beginning today, our groups are starting to meet uh, throughout the week for the first meeting gathering. And if you have not been a part, uh, if you've not been a part of a group before, we'd love to have you be a part of a group. It's not too late to join one of the groups. As a matter of fact, you can go to the Connect table on your way out, left-hand side of the hallway, and say, hey, I want to meet with a group of people during the week, grow more in my faith. We can get you connected into the right group that matches where you want to be. But it's not just, again, it's not just being in a group. It's, I've said it before, it's studying God's word. And uh, let me give you a reminder about the image of God and how God sees you. It's Psalm 139 and verse 13 put it up here. It says this, for you, God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God's reminder in his word that you matter. He made you for a reason, and, and maybe somebody told you you were by accident, or maybe somebody uh, told, just told you at some point your life doesn't matter. Maybe your childhood wasn't where it needed to be in that confidence instilled by your parents and who you are. But when we dig into God's word, we, we see who God wants us to be, who God has always wanted us to be in life, that we matter, that we're not just here taking up space on the planet, that we are uniquely different than any other human being on the planet because God has a work for us. Like we do have an assignment. And we get the right people around us. We're in God's word. We're able to continue in that that new identity. I put in your notes a third principle, which is, is this. No matter what your background is, no matter where you're born, no matter what you, whether you have been cherished in life or you've been undervalued in life, you are created in the image of God and you matter to God. Make sure you're advancing your faith as you study God's word. Make sure you got the right voices around you in life. When we come into this relationship with God, uh, the Bible says that we have entered into this new family. We're part of the family. We're part of the family of God. And God has wanted us to be a part of this family for a long time. God wanted to invite us into his family so that as a part of that family, we could discover all that God wanted us to be. So we could discover the roles that he has for us in our life and advance the kingdom of God and the purpose in which he created us. Let's go back to our scripture, Ephesians chapter 1. We'll start uh, now in verse 4. It says, it says this, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, look, he had us in mind that we mattered. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to, look at this, adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. It's been a part of his plan. 
you and I could know who God is, be a part of that, that incredible family. That, that family of God, when you start talking about family, you start thinking about, okay, as a part of a family, I do have a role. I do have a part. I've, I'm a key part of this family of God, whether it's the family of God in the church, whether it's the universal sort of family of God here on earth, we all have, we all do have a role. And in our movie, Forky and Woody, they, they have this occasion where they're, they're talking through those roles. And Woody's trying to get Forky to understand that role that he has now with Bonnie. And Woody's still coming to terms with his new role in the family. And, and so we go to this next clip and we watch this dialogue between the two of them as they, they start to understand their roles. Check it out. <laughs> and these roles, these roles we talked about, they're, they're changing. They, our roles in the family can vary at times. I, pu I put in your notes uh, this next principle, which is uh, just this reminder that we are, as believers, we're adopted, we're grafted, we're woven into the family of God. And you see this clip, this, this discussion about, okay, what, what are we doing? And we have Forky, who's kind of new to this whole thing, you know, and, and Forky's discovering that audience with, with, with Bonnie. And then you have Woody, who's kind of been around a little bit. And that kind of mirrors what we do here in, in the family of God as the church, it Heck, it mirrors our, our roles in our own personal family, how they change over the years. Uh, Woody's role shifted in the 27 years we've been watching him, but in our own lives, we over the decades, we, we do different things. I, before my kids came along, it was just me and my wife, and you know, my role in my household family was, was to be a husband and and to be the best husband I could be. And then the kids came along. And I had a new role. I had to be a husband, but also be a, a father. Now, moving a little bit further along, coming to the time where my girls are going to be gone from the home, a new role again, back to being, back to being husband. I mean, well, I'll always be a father, always be, you know it, you're always a parent, right? You're always a parent and you're always trying to give advice. You're always a parent and you know, even when your kids are gone from the home, you can always pray. You can always pray for your kids every single day and I'm sure I'll do that, but it's a new, it's a new role coming, right? So our roles change inside the home and they change in the family of God as well. And, and sometimes in the early parts of your faith, maybe this is kind of what you're involved in, but the role changes and shifts and you're, you're helping elevate others in the family of God through different ways. We had many years ago before we were in this building, we were meeting in the YMCA and uh, some people that their role in the family was to help us set up the church and tear it down every weekend. Is there anybody in the audience that was a part of that here at New Walk? We got some hands going up. You're going to heaven for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, man, no, those were some tough times, right? But then, but then we, we moved into here and things changed and your role changed. And, you know, maybe you started out on the setup and teardown team, or maybe you started out in some role in the church and then you started developing and growing in that family. And you, you, then you became somebody who, who maybe was leading a, a small group or leading a serve team. And now you're shepherding multiples of people and helping 
elevate them, helping them see their place in the family and help them grow as well. That's what we do in the family. We take on those roles. And we do that in the work of the church. It's critical. Some of you have figured out how to take on the role of supporting financially the family and you helped us buy this land and you remember that role that you had and you helped us get this building built and you had a role in that it's part of the family some of you endeavored to now be a part of the the new work of the new building that we are endeavoring to build to add on to this one we we embrace those role those roles and i hope that you will as well find your place in the family now as we watch this story and this plot line begin uh, to move forward. We, we kind of got to fast forward through this journey now a little bit. Of course, uh, we find in the movie that, that Forky and Woody, they're, they're pretty far now from where they need to be on this little journey, and they got a lot of obstacles and got a lot of difficulties and trials and tribulations and things that they're trying to work through as they make their way to the RV. You know, the RV is where the rest of the toys are. It's where, the, where they got to get, get back. And so they're working through all these little things. And you know that uh, Forky's got to get there to be with Bonnie. And then Woody, he's trying to get back to the RV and that whole area as well because because, well, that's where his long lost love is going to be found. He wants to get reunited with little Bo Peep. And so they begin that journey of getting to where they need to be, Forky and, and Woody. And Forky now understanding that role that he's got in the journey, and Woody understanding a new adventure that's ahead for him. And this last clip is all about that new adventure for Forky, but that new adventure for, for Woody as well. Check it out. You know, so much of this story is about identities, understanding identity, understanding who you are. You know, you see, you see this role for Forky developing, but along the way, we see Bonnie's name written on those popsicle stick feet of Forky and indicating that, that that's the name that was written to show ownership of, of Forky. And, and Woody had it as well at the bottom of those boots, the name Bonnie, to indicate ownership. And that's a key for you and I in this last thing that I wanted to give you in your notes, that regardless of whatever roles you play or once played in this life, the only thing that will last beyond this life is having the name of Jesus written across your heart. What name do you have written on you? What, what name is written across your heart? You see, because if it's the name of Jesus Christ, it's, this is where we understand this new creation, this new life that God has given us, and the recognition that, man, we're not here in a life that's just about me. And it's where we recognize our part in all of this work of the kingdom of God to help others know what it is that we have, but it is that name written across our heart that carries us into eternity, to infinity and beyond. And so let's look at this scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 at 
It's going to continue on here. Well, we'll look at it together. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hands of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're free people, free of penalties and punishment chalked up by all our misdeeds. Now, not just barely free, abundantly free. What name is written across your heart? It is that name. It changes the way we live here on this side of eternity. It's that name that we carry into spending an eternity with God. If it is Jesus Christ written across our heart, we truly can live to infinity and beyond. Let's pray together. God, we give thanks for an opportunity and be able to see, God, you and the undertones of all these things we're, we're looking at. And the fact is, is maybe there is somebody here and uh, your story is that you, you don't have Christ's name written across your heart. It's not happened. Uh, maybe you came here to Newark for other reasons, but the bottom line is you don't know your identity and who you're meant to be. And when you come into relationship with God, God reveals these things to you, reveals things about life and eternity. But it starts to have a relationship with him, and the Bible says... That we come into relationship with God when we're forgiven of our sin. And the scriptures tell us there is no other way in which our sin could be forgiven other than accepting the gift of that forgiveness through Jesus Christ on the cross. And when, he, when God gave his son on the cross, that blood was shed, it was poured out for the forgiveness of sin for all humanity, for all who would believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They would be saved. They'd have a new identity in Christ. they have a new life and eternity as well. If you haven't made that decision, you can do that today, right from where you're seated. You can invite the gift of God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, in your life, accepting that forgiveness of sin. He can put you on a new path for your life. Right from where you're seated, say, God, I receive that, and I receive that forgiveness today. I accept that gift of salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.